The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Joy and welcome once again to It Came from the Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing for uh, a really long time. We have none other than uh, Dominic Deppinus Manstrano from Fishy Sarcasm. I barely know what you look like anymore. <laughs> we have none other than L-Man Jenny Feldy. I know what you look like. I saw you on video and I saw you in person after Mark finished quarantining after about 75 years. He was quarantining for about three years. He finally came out of hiding last month. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's 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 very true. That's very true. I don't um, even know what you look like anymore, Jen. That's true. I yeah, saw you true. once. If you really think about it, I only saw you once in person. I'm actually Puerto Rican now. Are you now? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you can Puerto be transracial. I am. I am. Oh, you're the whitest Puerto Rican on earth. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. When you get to know me, we'll see. I so, think I once saw you eating like a white bread and mayonnaise with American cheese sandwich. Oh, what mayonnaise. So uh, I think yeah, we should have, uh, Jen and I should have a, a non-Hispanic off to see who's more of a non-Hispanic person. I'm going to bet I'm more Hispanic than either of you. <laughs> that's, that's actually really funny. I wouldn't be surprised. So uh, No, seriously, I, 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 I can dance Latin dances. I enjoy really? Latin music. Yeah, he's a yeah. dance teacher. Dance yeah. teacher. Oh, my, what? Oh, that's so cool. How yeah. did you not know this? How would I'm I in a he movie. Doesn't, he doesn't pull about dancing. He's he's he plays a dance instructor in in um uh, Sarah Martin's movie. We've yeah. never ever talked about this. No, yeah. I actually oh, okay. have two IMDb credits. One is this show, and the other is Rich Boy Rich Girl. Yeah. See. Oh, and okay, interesting. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. So, I have one of the best uh, scenes in a movie that Charlie's ever seen. He said. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was so convincing that he played himself. It was amazing. Yes, I was, was very good at playing this. me. So on this week's show, <laughs> we're going to have another Jay Burnley segment. And uh, L-Man Jenny Feldy interviews actress, filmmaker, and voiceover artist Sheila Omi. Uh, but before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's more than time! Brought to you in part, baby. Fine folks at sci fi radio. That is sci fi for your Wi Fi, as well as the fine folks at the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of, celebrating with 26 years of conflictness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecca.com. The next convention is going to be scheduled for December the 17th. It's the Big Apple Christmas Con. I know they have Jim Stranko as a headliner, and more will be announced, but tickets are on sale right now. Also, want to give out shouts from our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grill. Award-winning director Jared Perel, Kyle Horn, Millie Portes, News, a famous Dresden Media, Unjikun, Shadowrabbit Art, Yasmin Ray, and Rosa. If you want to have your own little shout-out, go to our website, www.kimfriner.com, and just for a dollar, you can get a shout-out on our show for a month. Um, so let's just start off with sad news, as we always do. First off, yeah. I want to say, you say Starenko's name all wrong. Oh, you have to say Starenko. Starenko. Yes, I remember. Yeah. I remember. Uh, sad news. Starenko. 
Uh, groundbreaking actress and singer Nichelle Nichols died recently from natural causes. Unless you were living under a rock, you already know her from her iconic role as Lieutenant Uhura in the original Star Trek series, as well as the animated series and six feature films of the same name. While she did go on to other projects, appearing in such film-slash-TV shows as The Supernatural, Snow Dogs, Are We There Yet?, uh, This Bitter Earth, Renegade, Surge of Dawn, Anthony and Cleopatra Heroes, Scooby-Doo Curse of the Lake Monster, Sharknado Part 5, Global Swarming, Star Trek Prodigy, The Adventures of Captain Zoom in Outer Space, and Unbelievable, which I believe was the worst movie I've seen of last year, just to name a few, um, her no, significance uh, as Uhura is legendary. Um, I remember I met her. I met her two times. So I met her the first time as as a fan. Um, I was at a convention, and Billy Dee Williams was also at this convention. And I, was, and I was with my uh, my ex, uh, also named Jen, and we met him to her, and she was very very nice and and, and approachable. And you got to you know we got to talking. Whenever you meet a celebrity in these situations at conventions, you usually have a, a minute or two to ask like a question or have like a comment to get some interaction. So I was thinking about what to ask. And I asked her about the famous uh, inter- first one of one of the first interracial kisses on television between her and William Shatner. That was actually no, that is the first one of the. Uh, I think it's uh, if you like look it up online, there are ones that are earlier, but this is like the most famous, the biggest one was was that one. Um, I had asked her, was he a good kisser? Was he was he as good as a kisser as? He's been led to believe, it. and she's like, "Oh my god!" So she she confirmed that uh, he was a very well a good kisser in that yeah. scene. All right, I'm looking this up currently on Wikipedia, which I know is not always correct, but it does state here the episode is cited as the first example of an interracial kiss on U.S. television. Ah, U.S. television. Okay, that might that might have been where I was hearing that it was one of the first. But but yeah, yeah there's a, a lot more a... to the world than the United States, you know. <laughs> And and um, the other only the other America time, counts. The only other time I had yeah. seen her was at the WinterCon, and I was actually taking pictures. And I was on the stage, and she was right in front of me. And um, during that panel, you could tell something was off. And later on, she was diagnosed with dementia. So yeah. at that time, I was like, I don't know if she's gonna last much longer. She lasted many years afterwards, but it, it was just it was just heartbreaking to see her the, the second time. That you know she's getting on in the years, like you know it's, it's it was it was very rough, but um but she did so much for playing a role, like pretending to do something meant so much to so many people. It's a really big thing. Dominic, were you a fan of a Nichelle? Of course, I was a fan of Star Trek. Well, you, there might be people out there who who are not, so I have to ask. Yeah. Okay. Of course, I was a fan of Star Trek. I love Star Trek. A horror oh, was great in Star Trek. I love the ever... fact that she um, wanted to quit the show, and Martin Luther King. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> told her, "Don't." Right? How could you? You can't quit that show. You're important. You need to be on that show. You're representing yeah. all of us. Wow! Right? Yeah, that's just so, true. Elman are you also uh, familiar with her work? I feel like you know you, any listener who listens to the show more than once knows I'm living under a rock as far as celebrities <laughs> go. I feel like. Um, so no, I, I really am not too familiar, but I did read that today and that was pretty interesting. I mean, I'd probably stick with something if Martin Luther King told me to, you know? Fair yeah. enough, fair enough. Martin so Luther she... King tells you to do something, you do it. <laughs> so right, she I was... guess that's the rule. Yes, that's, that's the law. So she was 89. <laughs> so moving yeah. on for some more sad news. Actress, comedian, uh, and voiceover actress Patricia Ann Carroll also died recently from pneumonia. 
Uh, while Pris- Patricia appeared in such movies and TV shows as The Ballad of Josie, uh, With Six, You Get Egg Roll, Racing to the Moon, My Neighbor Totoro, Songcatcher, Freedom Riders, BFF, Red Button Show, Make Room for Daddy, The Danny Thomas Show, Foofer, just to name a few. Patricia was best known for her role as Ursula in The Little Mermaid. She was the main villain and various other Disney projects. Um, I am very anti-Disney, but I am very aware of her work. Uh, Elman Jenny Philly, are you uh, familiar with The Little Mermaid and the bad person in it, the villain? Uh, I'm so familiar. Uh, really, really short little story. Uh, I got my car locked into Bayville Beach because I thought, yeah, it's only for residents. Eh, who cares? I'll pull in. Well, my car got gated and I had to go to a bar. And at that bar, sitting at the bar was Ursula. And I said to the person, I was like, oh, my God, Ursula is sitting at the bar. So Ursula is alive and well, and she frequents the bar uh, Walls Wharf in Bayville, Long Island. <laughs> Dominic, are you also familiar with uh, her work? Oh, you you poor, unfortunate soul. Truly. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone doesn't remember, that's a, a song from the movie. Yes, right, right. Oh, unfortunate soul. Yeah, I mean, as a kid, I watched a lot of Disney cartoons. There was Chippendales, Rescue Rangers, and DuckTales. And um, obviously, I remember, I actually remember seeing um, and being very scared of Ursula in The Little Mermaid when I, when I was a kid. Because, I mean, that came out, I'm trying to look it up right now, but that came out a while ago. Yeah, it came out it was in the in, 90s. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, they made subsequent sequels. Like, it was always interesting with <laughs> Disney. They would put out a big movie and then they would put out these terrible sequels like straight to video yeah just to keep the the franchise going yeah that's yeah. how it usually works so no it came out in 89 so i i remember uh, it, it, i saw it in the theaters i was like six and like you know she was scary <laughs> so she was her job. for a six-year-old she was scary so she did her that. job so yeah. moving on for some more sad news Actor, director, and producer Tony Dow also died recently of liver cancer. While appearing in such films and TV shows as Never Too Young, Death Screen, Kentucky Fried Movie, which I love, Back to the Beach, which I also love, The the Adventures of Captain Zoom from Outer Space, which I just mentioned, and Dickie Roberts, former child star, just to name a few, Tony was perhaps best known for his role of Wally Cleaver in 234 episodes of the series Leave It to Beaver, which aired from 1957 to 1963, a role which he reprised during the new Leave It to Beaver for 101 additional episodes from 1983 to 1989. Of note, a day before he actually died, the initial reports came out that he had died, only to be retracted and then re-released a day later. Um, you a uh, Leave It to Beaver fan? Is that, is that uh, before your time there? Um... Dominic? Yeah, no, before my time. I didn't even watch it when it was on Nick at Night. Wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, sh- should I ask, Jen, or should I keep on moving? Why? I saw why? a little bit here and there, but um, yeah. And my question was, why should I watch this at that age? Why? Why? Why would I watch it? Sorry, no shade, but that was, you know, that's how I felt as like a four-year-old, you know? Apparently, it was a very popular show. Uh, I saw a couple oh, yeah. of episodes okay, here and there. Very. I I have to say I was not a fan, but I was a fan of the actor uh, Jerry Mathers, and when he appeared in Married with Children, I was ex- beside myself like, "Hey, they got the Beaver!" And it was an, another one of those times where they bring back old classic actors to that series. All right, so let's see. Um, even oh, last bit of sad news. All right, Woo. finally, actress Mary Alice. Oh, he was seventy-seven. Um, Actress Mary Alice Smith also died of also natural causes. While being perhaps best known for a role as Letty Bostick on the NBC sitcom spinoff series A Different World from 1987-1989, as well as Effie Williams 
on the 1976 musical Sparkle and the Oracle in the third Matrix film may appear in such films slash movies as The Color of Friendship, Concealed Enemies, Teachers, To Sleep With Anger, The Bonfire, The Vanities, Malcolm X, The Inkwell, Just an Old Sweet Song, Woman Without a Gun, and I'll Fly Away, just name a few. Uh, she was 85. Um, I was not a fan of Different Worlds, so I cannot put too much into it. Uh, Jen, were you a fan of A Different World by chance? Or should I not ask? I, uh, I I actually watched it as a kid all the time, but I remember the Oracle. I remember that more clearly. Oh, okay. Yeah, different world. I watched it all the time. I thought it was really cool as a kid. I mean, so a lot of stuff went over my head, but yeah, that was a great show. It was a great show, and the Oracle was awesome. All right, Dominic, Oracle, Oracle. <laughs> all right, so she was eighty-five. I mean, she was also one of those act, as we would say, one of those actresses. Oh, there she is. Like, yeah, that 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 girl, that that guy. girl act. Like, she just. I'm looking through her IMDb, and she's like in a million things. Yeah, that you know, you saw. Her. That's probably why when you saw her in the as the Oracle, you're like. I know her from somewhere, but I don't remember. So that's it for the sad news. Let's move on to the not as sad news. Oh, great. From the, hey, does anyone remember the Golden Globes department? Yeah. No. Who cares? <laughs> I, remember the, I remember the year that uh, Ricky Gervais tore them a new one. Yeah. That um, was the best Golden Globes ever. Eldris Industries LLC, which is an investment company in various industries, including insurance, asset management, technology, sports, media, real estate, and consumer section, has taken over the global awards, which will be turned into a private entity separate and will now uh, be completely removed from the Hollywood Forum of Presses, Associations, Charitable, and Philanthropic Programs, which will be managed at a nonprofit entity. Um, executives say <clears> – <throat> This is a historic moment for the Hollywood Foreign Press Association and the Golden Globes. We have taken a decisive step forward to transform ourselves and adapt to this increasingly competitive economic landscape for both award shows and journalistic marketplace. Our special committee and team and legal and financial advisors did an incredible amount of work in reviewing, analyzing, and comparing options presented to us. We are excited to move forward with this mandate to ensure we continue our support for increasing diversity in all areas and maintaining our life-changing charitable and philanthropic efforts. Philanthropic? Yeah, philanthropic efforts. Uh, for those of you not paying attention or care for that matter, the Golden Globes got into some sort of trouble in recent years for not being diverse enough, being the foreign press, they weren't diverse enough, and was not broadcast on NBC for the first time in decades and turned into a private event with no media being present at all during this year's ceremony. So crazy. Yeah, I, I thought that was it for the Golden Globes. Apparently, somebody felt that there's still some money left in it, and they're going to turn it into a profit organization. So now let's see what happens. How I do you make wait. money off of the Golden Globes? Advertising? Marketing? It's an award show. That's, yeah, you know. definitely. Definitely advertising. I imagine some big stars are probably still into it. Yeah, and then you get like the goodie bags, so you, you get money on those type of things. Yeah, the goodie bags or the goodie two-shoes just still want to be part of the mainstream, you know? <laughs> yeah, see? Like that. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll be a goodie two-shoe if you want to give me enough money. I mean, it's not selling my soul. So. <laughs> All right. So moving on. Well, let me put it this way. The Golden yes. Globes will be the MySpace of award shows maybe because there's still still myspace yes it is it does exist (laughs) justin timberlake bought it you know like someone will buy anything so i'm curious to see what they're going to do with the next one but get ricky gervais to host it it'll be great (laughs) yes so moving on so take your little award and 
from the <laughs> shameless self-promotion department. Hmm. Somehow um, I think you're going to get the executive's voice correct on this one. None other than the creator and host of this very show that you're listening to right now has, after 30 years, finally managed to make the jump into the crowdfunding world. Designated well, as a five-part series that tells the story of two warring alien races and the teens that are caught in the middle is currently on Kickstarter right now, right now. Um, Mark says... With, at the time of this recording, 148 days to go before a life-changing event, it would be greatly appreciated if you check out my book that has been 30 years in the making. If for whatever reason you're unable to financially support this project, share it on your social media platforms. Maybe someone who you know who isn't aware of the book might just already feel dead. help make it to reality. What was that? Already dead. I'm going oh, to do it already again. Did. See, good again. job. Good yeah, job. Uh, the campaign ends on August 30th. Uh, so be sure to get your copy before it is too late. So let's see. So moving on. Oh, you're not going to throw it to one of us to discuss this? Well, uh, L-Man Jane Feldy already uh, had an interview. But uh, what, what do you have to say there, Dominic? Definitely I've been talking about it nonstop. It's never ending. Wait, Jen got an interview with this Mark Torres, you say? Yes. That's right. Gee, that aired, that aired on this very show. <laughs> I wonder how she knew how she got the in on that one. I don't know. She yeah, must have had the connections. She's, she's good <laughs> like that. She wasn't Mickey Mousing around. No. <laughs> no. Well, a little bit. <laughs> no. So, yes, Dominic, you want to put your two cents in? No. Oh, okay. So, moving on. <laughs> I just feel like, you know, you should at least throw it to us like you do on every other one. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll learn for next week's show. Um, from will you, the... Will you, Mark? Yes. From the... That's a lot of nuts! Department. The new DC film, League of Super Pets, has taken the number one spot in the domestic box office, pulling in a quote-unquote disappointing $23 million in ticket sales in its first week of release, knocking off the film, nope, from the top spot from the previous week. For those of you keeping track, the new Top Gun sequel is still the highest-grossing film of 2022 with $651 million, followed by Doctor Strange's sequel with $411 million. That also was 30 years in the making. That's true. Um, The aforementioned Super Pets isn't even in the top 20, and Nope is at 17. Now, I did a little research to see what other big movies are coming out between now and the end of the year. Realistically, all that's left is Black Adam, Mm -hmm. Black Panther Part 2. Shazam Part 2, Puss in Boots Part 2, and Avatar Part 2. So a whole lot of Part 2. Do you think that any of those movies will be able to take down Top Gun, uh, Dominic? Hmm. Maybe Black Panther Part 2, Panther Blacker? (laughs) Maybe. Um, Just because it was a huge, huge hit. The first one. And the the, the lead died, so I think that might be the curiosity. and, And a lot of people... I mean, that struck such a chord with people of color that they kept going back again and again to watch it. So that's a possibility. I don't hold much hope for Black Adam, though. The, the trailer is The Rock. It's, it's the, the rock. rock. It's The Rock. Ironically, The Rock plays the you know, super dog now. He's, he's, he's got a number one movie right now. He's the voice. Yeah. That's right. Um, Avatar 2. It hasn't been getting any type of buzz, you know. This has been I a mean, forever like, movie in the making, but yeah. Do does anyone even care about Avatar anymore? I don't know, Jen. Do you care about Avatar? I never saw the first one, but I care a little. Yeah, I care <laughs> right. a little. Fair I have enough. not seen Your James Cameron's last more. two movies, so. All right, fair enough. Uh, you know how five, you, right? 
What was that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't like Titanic. I, I never Titanic. saw Titanic, and I never saw Avatar. I've seen the boat sink in 3D when I was working at the movie theater. I, I, I moved the... I moved the movie up to that part. I played it while I was in the projection booth, so I got to see that. Man, did anyone else in the theater complain? I <laughs> <laughs> was just skipping through this, right, going right was, to the good part. It was a special mark-only screening. That's, that's how those work. Oh, okay. I cried watching it. Did you? Watching the boat sink. Yeah, I was watching a documentary, which I interviewed the creator. Oh, that's right. And I actually had a visceral response. Like, it was so sad. I don't know. This is the one where the psychic said I was on the boat. I was originally on the boat that sunk. Yes. Maybe, maybe that's know. why. I don't know. It's so weird. I don't huh. know. For me, it can't be that sad. We kind of know how it ends. So, <laughs> well, you can still know how it ends. Like if you want to have a shocking ending, <laughs> the Titanic makes it all the way. That would have been shocking. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you know, I, I think we mentioned this before about movies on my list that I haven't seen in forever. I just saw The Mist. Now that uh-huh. had a shocking ending. <laughs> You know, it would have been great is if uh, they took Titanic, the, the whole movie, but then they did a button at the end of the movie. And it's that scene from uh, Ghostbusters 2 where Cheech oh, Marine yeah, where they, turns and goes like, in, well, yeah. better late than never. You know, that, that would be great. All right. So moving on, let's see if we can fit this one in. From the, well, maybe it's kind of fake follow-up department. So it finally happened. And Ric Flair has had his final match. Woo! And according to reports from the 27-minute match, fans who witnessed the main event live in attendance thought it was a, quote, fantastic match. However, those who watched at home thought it was, quote, an absolutely horrible match. Um, I saw most of it. And basically, it was a 73-year-old man who ran out of gas about halfway and then kept on going. That's why it's so amazing. So, oh, I gotta see this. There were there were two parts in particular that stood out. I mean, as as we all know, wrestling is is a performance. It's predetermined. Mm-hmm. What? And it's still a physical um, act. So basically, it's like if you have a, a TV show called Stunts, and they're all doing stunts. That's basically what you what you watch. Pretty much. Pretty so much. what's what's known as called a, a hot tag is that mm-hmm. when one guy is is a tag match that he was in. So when one guy's getting beat up in a ring and then he tries to get his partner to be tagged in because he's more fresh and he's able to come in and he just runs around the ring rampant. Well, they, they gave Rick the hot tag, but he was just kind of like, it wasn't a hot tag. It was just like, all right, I'm, I'm a 73-year-old man getting in the ring. And So they really were trying to cover him as much as possible by putting him into a tag match too. Right. And, uh-huh. and then there was one spot that he, he bled as, as, as one of his trademarks is. And he, he faked a heart attack, which he actually had a real heart attack. So during the, during the fight uh, on the outside of the ring, he faked having a heart attack to, you know, to get his hits in. Well, that's not good, man. And Come as on. I know, but at, that's the, awesome. <laughs> but at the end of the match to, to, to win, and, and he did win by the way, which was oh. a, a debate. Um, he had to put on uh, brass knuckles to get you know his cheap shot in, but he was just so out of it that his uh, tag team partner tried to get it on his hand. It just was, was not happening. It was it was very couldn't was, even put brass knuckles on properly. Oh he could God. not. That's that's how out oh, of it he appeared good. to be. And then um, how how you know he got the pin is that it basically they were like, all right, we better end this now because there was no type of struggling or fighting he was like all right you know i i'm gonna i'm gonna pin you with a figure four and that's it 
Like it was just it it it, it was it was kind of difficult to watch. I gotta say, you know, this sounds you, incredible. You want to see the performance, but it's like, you know, should he really be going that far? Should he really be doing that? No, like he, the answer is no to all of it. I mean, he's fine now. As as a med- he's been medically cleared, he's fine now. But it was like it, if you're a huge fan. Just to see him in action one last time, doing his spots, doing his moves is great. Sounds sad, sure. though. But that's, that's who was in the in attendance. You know, they, they 15, 60-year-olds who right. were like, oh, I got to see the Nature Boy one more time. It's but the same yeah, kind yeah. of people that went so, like, Elvis in Vegas, you know, like, six months before he died. They're like, it was amazing. I was like, no, it wasn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's 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 it, it was it was rough. It was it was a little rough to see. Like in the beginning, I'm like, all right, this is kind of cool. And like, oh, I don't know about this. Like I said, just based on, on what on what I've seen. Um, so yeah, that, that was. But he did it, and he and he won, and it's the final match. Seventy three year old. More more yeah, more props to him. Well, I they won him. To lose your last match? Did you guys tell me that? We were, we were on the impression that that was well, what you're supposed to do. And his lose. his final yeah. match before this final match, he did lose. So uh, see, I was gonna say I don't see him going out with a lose. Like I just didn't feel that. I was so surprised. So he did. Us, he's gone out multiple times. <laughs> it's like Cher's final tour, you know. So he's mm-hmm. he's had like, his final match, but this one yeah. looks like it's gonna be his final final it's final. Like kiss his final final tour final, that's final still going on match. Hmm. I think Kiss started their last tour in 1999, <laughs> and it's been going on ever since. Well, wow. like the Rolling Stones, you know, it's just one of those things that yeah, you, you, you get it, it in you, you get it in your blood. You want to perform, but they realize it, they're still alive. They're like, oh, I guess we can still go out again. Let's do it one more time. Let's, it's you like know. you know, you have a performer who's who's done his due. He's he's had millions of fans. He's done what he needed to do, and maybe he, you know. What is it? Leave. What's the saying? Leave before. There's a saying leave, about leave while they still want you. Leave while you're still hot. Yeah. Right. Leave them wanting more. Yes. So yeah. he, leave before it's too late, and I, I think he, I think he waited a little too long for this one. But never outstay your welcome. Yeah, that was so. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was that. Sorry, just going back to like how Kiss uh, has a final tour. It started in 2019. Was supposed yeah. to end in 2021. And according to this, and is currently ongoing. Yes, really. By the way, I know for a fact, like their final tour. Like I gotta Google this. Kiss's first final tour. (laughs) Do you think it's just a gimmick to get people to go? Yes. Well, no, I, I I don't. I don't. I think that they're like, all right, we're done. We have enough money. We're good to go. Let's go out on top, and then they retire. And then then they're they're bored. All right, what what do we do now? We miss. (laughs) We're so used to doing this. We're so used to performing mm-hmm. in front of millions of fans. Right. You, you need you miss that rush. You miss, you miss it. So like, all right, let's go back out again. We'll do it one more time, and then it's successful. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, all right, well, this time we're done. And right. then they they get bored again. <laughs> so the first farewell tour uh, began in 2000. So they've been retiring for 20 years, and they've had five farewell and four reunion tours. Right, so, so. May, maybe you look at it this way. Maybe it's a farewell tour to the audience because some of those audience members since their last time watching them. So yeah, Kiss is like uh, the most indecisive band. He's like my boyfriend. I'm <laughs> done. I can't just. Oh, I want to marry you. I'm done with you. It's like make up your mind. You know, like <laughs> like like nothing. Nothing Kiss says or this guy says has any water. Well, look, your cares. boyfriend better watch out because all you need to do is meet Ric Flair and then that's it. You're gonna be. <laughs> He's got a lot more time. 
Oh, yeah, that was kind of cool. Now, now he has nothing else better to do. <laughs> uh, he's he got, you know. I mean, so, that's what he does. He's like, how many, how many wives has Ric Flair had? Um, I think, I think we reported on having three wives, which was, was the last count, maybe four. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So we're yeah, almost wait, wait. one, two, three, four, five, five wives. You oh. could be the sixth, <laughs> Mrs. Flair. He had a whole thing too, like the 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 kiss stealing, what blah blah blah. You know, Nietzsche boy. Oh yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. So you know, be careful, Jen. Like this current boyfriend, if he doesn't, uh, <laughs> if he isn't up to snuff before you know, you might go and interview Ric Flair. Bam. I do Mrs. like Flair. nature. The sixth Mrs. Like Flair. Nature. The nature nature man. He's now the nature man. No, he's retired. He's the nature, he's the yeah, nature I need a geriatric. Boy. Oh. Well, maybe that's half man. So, yeah. where, so good, good, his, so good job, bed, He's going to be on his deathbed. He'll be like, let nature take its course, boy. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's very funny. So good job, Brick, for doing it one last time. You get props from me. Um, we're almost out of time. So final thought there, Dominic Definition Man Sperano. Uh, 74, 74 needs to be the cutoff of being able to wrestle. So he's 73. So he gets gets one more chance. One more chance. Okay. Like, you know, 73 is still young enough to wrestle. 74 is just, it's, you're too, you're beyond. It does sound a lot older. Oh man, Jenny Feld, you want to have your final thought? Yeah, sure. I'm growing a bunch of cucumbers and cucumbers and watermelon, they cool you down. So at this point, you might be listening and uh, the temperatures might not be super hot. But if you're in a place where it's very hot, watermelons and cucumbers will keep your body cool. They'll keep you running on low calorie and they'll keep you lean, which also helps during the hot temperatures. Not great for winter, great for summer. All right. So with that, we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with the game from the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio. sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're going to talk about the Comic-Con we went to. Today, I'm here with special guest star, Riley, my hey! brother. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> uh, <what's, laughs> so, what did we do? Uh, so, we came there with our, fr- our friend, no, our cousins, with... Which was Peyton and Fiona. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to see all types of stuff, like different artists, a bunch of people getting pictures with us. Riley got to take a picture with um, a bunch of... Gordon. <laughs> yeah, and a bunch of Stormtroopers and Darth Vader. Yeah, but you got to say, Flash Gordon was probably the best thing ever. So how was that? What did you guys talk about when you met him? Well, we basically just talked... Well, basically, I didn't really say much... But um, my dad was just talking about, um, like, how he has um, all the, like, has the original poster of him and, like, Flash Gordon with Ming and stuff. Yep. So Riley got to meet Flash Gordon along with my uncle and my dad. They were all, like, super excited to see him. I got some behind-the-scene footage. It was pretty awesome. 
I wasn't around for that part because I was looking at everything else. I was looking at the artwork, and honestly, it was a very cool experience. Did you get anything there? Uh, yeah, I got some, like, tiny mini Lego figures. That's awesome. Uh, what types did you get? Uh, Count Dooku, Princess Leia, and a sh- uh, basically like a shadow trooper, I think. Hmm, that's pretty cool. I, uh, I got, so if any of you guys know The Nightmare Before Christmas, I got a little poster thing of Sally and Jack. It was very cute. And I thought it was amazing. I also got a little, like, Poison Ivy poster, which she's one of my favorite superheroes, or supervillains, I guess I should say. And I honestly loved it. (laughs) There was so much stuff. There was Spider-Man. There was any Marvel character. There were collaborations between, like, Edward Scissorhands and Beetlejuice. It was crazy. It was awesome. You got to see people from all different places. It was really cool. There was another thing I saw. Like, out of one in a million chances to see Lee Majors as the $6 million man. I didn't take a picture or anything with him, but he... I never even saw the movie, honestly. But but, uh, it was amazing looking at all these actors. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, It's honestly awesome. Um, My dad had a blast. Our cousins had a blast. And they wanted to buy everything there. Which, honestly, I can understand. Everything's awesome. Most of the art is incredible from these small artists. And it's truly amazing what they've contributed. Um, It's a great place to come together. It's honestly for all ages. And it was at Hofstra University. Yep. (laughs) Um, everyone had a great time. There was, like, statues of, like, Iron Man. It was very cool. What else did you see there? Well, I saw my dad's friend. I saw my dad's friend that was, um, like, he's a movie, uh, he makes movies. Mm-hmm. Like, we sat there for a little while. I saw a couple other cool things. Like, I got a poster of Captain Rex with his clones. What clones were in there? Well... Uh, there's like Cody, you got, um, let me see, you got, ah, uh, Hard Case. You got a lot of them, but I don't want to say all of them because they're too long. No, you could say them. Okay. Well, you got Fives, Echo, there was, I think, Commander Gree. There's, a. Uh, yeah, I think you got, uh, Pons right there. Yeah, I think there's Pons right there, Commander Pons. Hmm, that's cool. I don't know any of those characters. <laughs> Except but, Captain Rex and Captain Well, I know, Cody. yeah, but I mean, if you know the Star Wars franchise, you'll know those. Honestly, it was an incredible experience, and we are going again next year, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Maybe next time I could bring some of my friends, and Riley can bring some of his friends. Yep. And honestly, it was so worth it. It was really cool seeing everyone, and I think that was... One of the highlights of summer 2022 so far. Yeah. All right. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. Bye.
The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot Club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. This is Sherilyn Fenn, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not, true believers. We at the Comic Book School may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards. Now, back to our show. Vosu Omi, I hope I said her name right, Iranian-American filmmaker, director, actress, and voiceover artist. She's directed and produced award-winning plays, toured internationally, performing plays in Persian. She's hosting award shows, moderating, occasionally performing stand-up comedy. And she's in Tehran, a new show. Well, sort of new show. Second season came out. And I did hear on another interview, she said she didn't like her voice, but I think she is a great voice. And I enjoyed it. I'm very sensitive to people's voices, and I will shut off the interview, but I enjoyed listening to your voice on other interviews. So, hi. Hello. Hello, Jenny, and hello, Radioheads. And my name is Sheila Vosur Omi, which is why I just call myself Sheila Omi. Love <laughs> to, to save you from saying the... <laughs> so, okay, my first question for you, theater, you've performed in a lot of plays. I'm an actress. I can't stand plays because you got to do it again. You got to do it again. You got to do it. I'd rather just do a movie and hey, here you go. I'll send you the link. Press the button because I guess I'm a little lazy. So my, I want to know what your thoughts are on theater versus TV. Um, why perform scenes in plays and on film? What are the benefits it gives you? What a great question, Jenny. The reason why I personally love theater so much is because when I work on a TV show or, or a film, mm-hmm. I do a ton of prep. So I do a ton of prep for a theater project. The thing is that for a theater project, my ton of prep is going to give me time to enjoy and to go on stage and enjoy the time being on stage, enjoy the agency that I as an actor have on stage because there's not someone cutting it and deciding, Mm. oh, we're going to do this angle, you know? Um, Whereas I do all this work for film or TV and it's uh, action and a couple minutes later cut and that's it. Like maybe you right. get to, you know, uh, another take, but I just feel like for the uh, amount of work that you do in order to do a part correctly, um, at least uh, doing it on stage, you get to enjoy a little mm-hmm. more than I do. Okay. And then the other, yeah. thing, but it is very difficult. I, I tell you, I find uh, film acting really difficult. 
So I'm, I'm just amazed by people who, who do film well. What's more difficult for you? plays or films oh my films are so much more difficult for me because really? yeah I think it was um Michael Caine uh said that theater acting is like you're building a house mm-hmm. theater that's when you're on stage when you act for film it's like you're doing this microsurgery so every tiny little movement counts you have mm-hmm. to be so careful with your movements. And that's, that's a little hard for me. And, you know, and also this idea that, that the camera really does read everything. The camera reads every thought. And um, it's just a different type of acting. Okay. Uh, I'm still perfecting it. You know, I'm okay. still, no. So to the TV series, the Apple TV, Tehran, in the first series, you play a little bit more, um, I guess, of a subservient or not damsel in distress, but you have a little bit more power agency, maybe a little more empowered in the second series. So what type of characters do you like playing better? More of like a damsel in distress, more of a weaker woman, more of a powerful, more of a villain. What's your favorite character to play in the show or in life? I think in life, villains are a lot of fun to play. Yes. Right? My favorite. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Villains for sure. Villains. And, and especially, especially, you know, because you can't play it as a villain. So you, you're because no, nobody thinks they're a bad person. Nobody thinks they're <laughs> a villain. Yeah. Except I, I, I tell you, uh, sometimes I do have a pretty nasty inner critic mm-hmm. <laughs> really hard on me, but you know, with, with characters. So yeah, I, villains all the way. Okay. So speaking of inner critics, sort of related, um, you said in different interviews, you put a lot of work in, you rehearse. I can't stand rehearsing. I only rehearse basically when the gun's to my head and I have two days left and it's like, okay, Sunday we're rehearsing. You better know your line. So that's what's going to happen today. So uh, any tips for other actors who need to make rehearsing more fun, more palatable? Are there any things you do to get through it? Put music on, maybe I just got a treadmill to to edit and elliptical to be on, go on walks. What do you do to make it less annoying? Jenny, I can't stand rehearsing. It no. just reminds me of when I was in, uh, in school, homework. Mm-hmm. I can't stand doing homework. Um, for me personally, it's the fear of failure that, mm-hmm. um, that, that puts the gun to my head and forces me to rehearse. What I suggest is I am fortunate enough that I have a friend who is a wonderful director. His name is mm-hmm. Inouye. So a lot of times when I get parts, we craft characters together. So you find a friend, find a friend. If you're an actor, find a friend who's interested in being a director. Mm-hmm. have them work with you so that they could practice directing while you're acting. And then, then they mm. force, you know, so, so then it, it becomes a uh, team project. Right. right. Like a workout buddy. I was training. You I have like a workout, workout buddy. buddy. Yeah. You're more likely to stay in the gym. You have someone pleasant. So someone pleasant would be ideal. Someone pleasant. Yeah. Someone pleasant and someone who's <laughs> as uh, passionate about storytelling in film or as you are and if you can't find the person you can get a dog my dog's five houses down the street 
<laughs> a cute face staring back at you helps me. That's my yeah. two cents. <laughs> so this is a long one. Okay, so on your IMDb, it says, I'm just going by here, say you occasionally perform and moderate stand-up comedy. So not all comedy, but a lot of acts involve intentionally saying the wrong thing, intentionally challenge the status quo, sometimes saying things that many of us think, but it's frowned upon to say in public. So uh, are there things that you'd like to speak on, but hold back because it would cause you problems? Uh, yeah. How about uh, the, the country I was born in? How about right. the government that's in charge? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm constantly feeling like I have to censor myself because, you know, the, the Iranian people are lovely, lovely people, but they have been, in my opinion, held hostage by mm-hmm. this government. But then, mm-hmm. like this morning, I was thinking, uh, there are also a number of people that work for the government and are v- very happy with the government, mm-hmm. but the majority are not. The majority are not. And so you have to bite your tongue. I have to bite. Yeah. Yeah. I have to bite my tongue because, you know, just as an actor, I'm not a politician. I'm, I'm an actor. And right. I'm, well, nowadays, well, a lot of people are sharing views yeah. and becoming politician actors. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's true. All I could do is to speak for myself and people like me and people that are in exile and we had to flee Iran mm-hmm. are not very happy with that government. And the poor people, the Iranians who live in Iran, the majority of them are very miserable. Oh my mm-hmm. Lord, the, the, the inflation has gone up so much that what mm-hmm. I heard recently is that it, it costs the same in Iran to buy food as it does here, but they only make a few hundred dollars a month. It's just not right. And recently wow. something happened in Abadan, which is one of the cities in Iran that just my heart goes out to those people. The, uh, a building just crashed and it's because of the incompetence of that government that they uh, would allow such a building to be built that it, it was, mm-hmm. a building. it should have been like maybe seven stories. And it turned out they just built 10 stories and it crashed. And they're still finding bodies. They're still finding. Whoa! Bodies. This is just okay. not. Wow. Yeah. 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 I'm sure you'd have a lot to say that oh, maybe wouldn't go over well. Okay. And don't get me started. <laughs> well, staying on the the downer subject, sort of. Um, you know, it, it's a dramatic show that you've been shooting, and some not so nice things happen. Um, I've shot some horror movies, and people say, "Oh, does it scare you?" Shooting a horror movie is hilarious. Is it? Um, yeah, it's not scary. It's so ridiculous. There's gore. There's these funny outfits. We're laughing on set. I don't get scared. I personally am terrified. So for you, when you shoot dramatic, uh, sad death scenes, subject matter that can get you down, do you find it gets you down or is it totally different um, on set? So here's the thing. I, for, for the set of Tehran, it's totally different that we're, uh, it's just, it, we're, we have so much fun. We have so oh, cool. much fun. Okay. Right. And, and, and the Iranians are super funny. The Israelis are so funny. The Greeks are fabulous. It's wonderful. That said, as an actor, as you know, when you play these uh, parts that are uh, heavy, Mm -hmm. your body doesn't know you're acting. So I always come home from these parts and uh, my body just keeps me, uh, upright until I do the job. But when I come home, I'm always uh, sick for about two really? weeks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I found that too. Uh, so. Yeah. You get, you get sick. Your body doesn't know the difference. 
It doesn't know mm. your pain. It just, it just tries to make you survive until you're out of that situation and boom. Okay. Well, you come home right after the shoot. Let's say you can come home at night. You're allowed to come home at night to family and you're not away in Athens uh, filming. Um, is there anything you'll do like a sage or take a bath or walk around the block? Is there something you'll do to switch gears? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I walk my dog around the block. Sage is a great one. I, okay. I, I, I'll do that next time. But yeah, I take a bath. Yeah. Okay. And my final, final question, um, acting, you've done directing. Um, I guess you've been acting a lot recently um, for the series. I don't know. I'm not a full psychic. I don't know what you do every day. But acting, directing is simply it's an exhausting process. It requires a lot of focus tolerance problem solving is endless problem solving just being on a set um it, no matter where you are on that set so are there any behaviors foods or exercises or thoughts that you found that help you bring life to performances and help to fuel the production processes any tricks to keep yourself up as an actor mm-hmm. or director acting oh okay so boy as a as a director I, I directed this uh film during the pandemic it was commissioned by the los angeles uh department of mental health mm-hmm. and uh that was one of the most difficult difficult things i've done in my life and thank goodness i had my partner hitoshi inoui who mm-hmm. craft characters when i'm acting uh because he's a director and and so he really was able to help me when i was in the bathroom vomiting hello oh my god from just the stress of um, wow. uh, that that was on me as a director, because you know you have this entire project to deliver, and people are mm-hmm. waiting. Um, so I don't know. I just uh, <laughs> as a director, I don't know. As an actor, I, I tell you, the only thing I can say as an actor is that preparation. Okay. The 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 intense amount of homework that I do to prepare for a part. What gives my heart joy and allows my body to relax is at the end of the day, knowing that I've done a part well. I I feel like as, you know, as as an actor, I could talk for myself. I'm like a dog. I just, Mm -hmm. please, I want to make sure that the, the director who I know the type of pressure that they're under and, mm-hmm. and certainly with Tehran, it was, uh, it was a ticking time bomb of pressure that the director was under with these big scenes. I just want to do a good job. And so the preparation that I do beforehand is what does it other than that. Oh, also baths. Like at the in Athens, I, the hotel that I was in, they only had very few rooms that had bathtubs. It's really important for me to get into a bathtub with some Epsom salts. And yeah, uh, a lot of performers say that. Yeah. And unfortunately, they are uh, redoing the hotel and they're not going to have bathtubs anymore. Who doesn't have anymore? Yeah. So, well, it's more to clean as a clean freak over here. It is more to clean. I I know, I know. And I clean and I'm a clean freak too. But it's so important for me to be in a, there's something healing about water. Water is magic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, life, my God. Water is really special. And um, it, we Persians, we have this goddess, goddess Anahita is the goddess. Hmm. And hmm. she's the goddess that deals with traumas. This was long before the Zoroastrian religion even was created. We had this goddess that uh, she, uh, she would go, uh, and I studied about her recently. She would go into your psyche as you're sleeping 
and she would clean out traumas. They're called entities of traumas that they believed back then that when bad traumas happen to you as a child or, or even in life, anytime some bad trauma happens, they believe that these traumas, that if you don't deal with it, it turns into an entity. So the goddess, Mm. the goddess of water would go in through your dreams and make you face the traumas and just wash it out, wash it out. How amazing it it was. um, Mm. One of the, um, what they say is that the modern religions and by modern religion, I'm talking about Judaism and Christianity and Islam. These are modern religions right? to those uh, that these modern religions don't have a way of dealing with traumas the way that these ancient religions did. Very interesting. So I'll close by just commenting on that. Dorothy Kadosh is a very interesting psychic in DC. Over 10 years ago, she told me that I could pray to have surgeries in my sleep, kind of like what you described. So she, she believes in that. And maybe perhaps the water thing is why I didn't do my hair and I'm not wearing makeup because I decided to take a shower 10 minutes before this interview. So that's what's going on here. I said, you know what? It's not like you could smell me through, but I spent a long time brushing my teeth and showering. I just felt compelled because I, I do a better conversation when I'm showered and I, I could have had great hair and makeup like you, but nope, I wanted to shower. (laughs) Nanny, let me just say, and I swear to you, I'm not making this up. Right mm-hmm. when I saw you, I thought, wow, what amazing hair. And I and I can't oh. even tell you don't have makeup on. How is this? Well, this is without a, makeup on? A little shadow right here real fast, maybe two minutes before well, the interview. I was two minutes late and mascara and concealer, but not the real. And this is amazing. Well, you look beautiful. <laughs> you look beautiful. Well, thank you. Jeez. But thank yes. you very much. And thank you for the really interesting interview. You had some really um, just fascinating things to say. So where can the people on the radio find you and watch the film you directed that you shot in LA, the mental health film? Where can we find you? Where's all your info? Uh, the, the film is going to be on a YouTube channel called Cross Cultural Expressions. But here's a little trivia about the film. You will never know that this film, there are four actors that are talking to each other. These actors to this day have never met because this oh. one we directed during the pandemic. So oh, yeah. each of them in a green screen, the Department of Mental Health wouldn't even allow me to be in the same room with them. So I had to stand in the dining room. <gasps> my living room was made up of green screens and I'd uh, give them eye lines and read the lines with them and direct them. And then my friend Hitoshi stitched it all together to make it look like there are four people in a room and they're talking to each other. They've got amazing chemistry, which is a testament to their amazing acting and Hitoshi's work. Um, so yes, so that's the YouTube channel called Cross Cultural Expressions, and it's about trauma. It's about in, uh, uh, how important it is to deal with your traumas; otherwise, they turn into monsters and they wreak havoc. Mm. And it's in Persian with English subtitles. It's called Wake Up Sleeping Beauty. Good message. And people could find me on Instagram. And the name on Instagram is? Sheila Omi. Sheila, it sounds like Shaila Omi, S-H-I-L-A-O-M-M-I, but it's Sheila Omi. So I'm on Instagram. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Any final thoughts for society and the radio? Society and the radio. (laughs) Oh, darling, darlings. (laughs) Look at, okay, yes, here's a final thought. 
figure out a way through a life coach or journeys, power journeys, therapists to deal with traumas in your past. That's a great message. Traumas and heal them. I'm going to internalize that one today for sure. There's definitely a few things that are still on my mind for a little too long. I have not let go. So thanks for that message. I'm going to take that for myself and run with that. I really am. So thank you for being on It Came From The Radio. And now back to more It Came From The Radio. (laughs) Hey, guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. I'm Nathan Booth from Ben and Apple TV, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of this show, tough. go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, indievolt.com. Check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or... Just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.